0: uh human nature is very complicated but i think you know those who feel that their priorities are in order those who feel an integrity those who feel connected to themselves at the deepest level are going to have fortitude and sometimes circumstances bring that out often Mm -hmm. within people and so people really start to understand oh what am i made of what's my character how am i built And I think we've seen a lot of that over the past few years. How do I treat people? Uh, So I think we'll see continued unfolding around that, shall we say.
1: Okay. so one of the challenges I hear from you guys the most is how hard it is to drop into meditation or even to relax and just feel calm. And you know I speak a lot here about how our bodies have not evolved to manage the level of stress we're faced with today, which means we're constantly in fight or flight mode with our sympathetic nervous systems always activated, which we know leads to depression and anxiety and also chronic health problems. If we want to be well, we have to find ways to mitigate this. We have to do that ourselves. And I believe in merging natural daily practices with the kind of health Tech that enables us to counter and mitigate the challenges that modern life throws at us. And the Sensate is one of those products and I wanna tell you about it. So the Sensate is a small palm-sized device that sends infrasonic waves through the chest in order to activate the vagus nerve and calm the autonomic nervous system, which is the body's command center. Together with the specially composed hemispheric audio within the app, you will literally feel calmer after only a short session. I give this to anyone I'm with if I have it on me, which I usually do, and everyone has the same response. It's amazing and I already feel less stress and where can I get one? Now I'm particularly recommending the Sensate to anyone who suffers from anxiety and wants to help calm the nervous system, those who want to deepen their meditation practice and people who are looking for ways to be calmer and more grounded. Now most of you know I work with a shaman and he has taught me that our higher intelligence places ideas of health technology in the minds of those who can create and invent these products and I truly believe this to be the case with things like the aura ring, the summer vedic, even diagnostic devices in hospital and for me i believe that to be true with the sensate we have lived for too long in a high stress state we need more to help us counter that so you can get 20 pounds off the sensate by visiting getsensate.com that's g-e-t-s-e-n-s-a-t-e.com and using the code lauren20 that's getsensate.com and the code lauren20 thank you to sensate for partnering with reconditioned and now back to the episode <music> welcome back to reconditioned with me Lauren Vagnine, and I am just in love with this episode I just recorded with Danny Beinstein um, it's just wow I've just come off of it I'm just sitting here kind of processing and thinking about all the incredible things we spoke about so I um, The episode was, the intention for the episode was to talk about astrological projections as Dani is a psychological astrologer so I brought her on to tell us all the things we can expect for 2023 in terms of astrological shifts, what we need to be looking out for, what we need to be prepared for. And she gave us that, but it also went so much deeper. So every time we spoke about a specific shift that might be happening, we kind of then, which I hadn't anticipated, but it was so beautiful. We really kind of opened that up and cracked it open to speak about each of those specific topics and what they meant and um, what it will mean for us going into 2023 and our own experiences of it. Uh, It was just such a rich episode that I'm so excited for you to hear kind of coming towards the end of the year now. Um, And then at the end we, so you make sure to hang around till the end because at the end we spoke about how the astrological shifts impact manifestation and do they impact manifestation? Are our manifestations impacted at all by changes in astrology so that was really expansive as well and um, obviously I have interviewed Danny before we've spoken about other stuff before in the podcast so just look that up and have a look first. so I don't read her bio out in this as you know I usually read out um, guests bios at the beginning but We've done this before, so we didn't feel the need for it. We dove straight in and started speaking about, um, yeah, just all the great things we've spoken about. So make sure to listen to the end when we, uh, up until the end when we speak about manifestation stuff. And also her All About You rapid fire segment is great as well. I just love Danny. She and I get on so well. We have so much in common And she's also a very expansive person for me to have in my life because she's, the way she sees things, I've kind of never, the the very few people I've ever met that have a a very um, just authentic ability to assess situations very differently to how most people do and assess them from a point of a kind of a non-binary approach, just all the nuance that is involved in life and she always looks at things differently and she might say something to me and I'll go oh I didn't think about it like that thank you for giving me that perspective and inspiring me to open my mind to new perspectives as well I think that's such an important gift an important trait in us and it leads us to be in integrity more I believe so I so appreciate that in Danny, and it's just a trait that we kind of all need to adopt a bit more, I think. Um, So yeah, it was generally um, just a great, great episode. Very, very rich in everything we spoke about. And I'm looking forward to you hearing all of it. Um, So this will be the penultimate episode of the season. We've got one more after this. And then we take a short little break, a few weeks for Christmas and New Year. And then I'll be back in uh, second week of Jan with an incredible new season When I say some guests that you will be wowed by and will not want to miss, I really, really mean it. And also some great rise episodes that I have created for you based on all the topics I know you want to be speaking about. So, yeah, make sure to be tuning back in in the new year. And if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast or following the podcast. So you get those updates when a new episode drops and obviously it also helps uh, to rank the podcast higher which means that more people find it so it's like a paying it forward by following or subscribing and also of course if you want to rate or review that always really helps so thank you for being here and listening to this hopefully to give yourself some expansion as you head into the new year to prepare you for what you might expect based on Astrology and everything else. Um, as always, thank you for taking time for your own growth and your own well being. So, thank you for being here. And let us hear this episode with Danny Beinstein. Danny, welcome back to Recon. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you back. So, um, yeah, we've done your bio in our previous episode, so we're not gonna we're not gonna do that today because people know you anyway. And um, you know, even though we've done this before, I, you know, I always start the episode by asking, What have you done so far today to support your wellness?
0: Well, today is a bit a bit interesting because uh, we were up all night with my puppy, who was vomiting. So my day got started quite late. So not a typical day. But I will say that there's this morning routine I've been doing, which is this kind of like burdock, dandelion, tincture, I guess they call it herbal coffee. And it's like my body just kind of soaks it up and, and I look outside and I'm in the woodlands and I just kind of look out at the trees and watch the birds and um, a bit of a jumbled start this morning, but always have of late um, my herbal coffee concoction. I put some rose drops in it and some medicinal mushrooms and it's just
1: super mm. nourishing. Sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. Especially and- in the cold, rainy weather, you know.
1: Yeah, it feels like nourishment. Mm-hmm. And you, you just mentioned about looking out into the woods. So you recently yes. moved to Tennessee. I did just over a year ago, about a
0: year and three months and um, bought this house just about 11 months ago and I'm loving it. So we're on some acreage and most of it is wooded and it is so peaceful. It's been hugely transformative for me. Being a city girl previously.
1: Yeah. I mean, New York and L.A., right? So. Yes. And L.A., I was like slowly
0: inching my way. By the end of my time in L.A., I was out in Topanga. So for I don't know if you know, listeners know, but Topanga is um, up in the mountains right off of the ocean and it's definitely more nature filled. But you're still right there in L.A. I'm about 25 minutes from downtown Nashville, but it's quite rural. And, you know, I think that, and I went to New Zealand for part of the pandemic. I just think that my soul has been slowly bringing me deeper into my own desire to be surrounded and immersed in nature. And so much of Tennessee, it's so, go- well, so much of uh, near Nashville, it's so beautiful, but it's these rolling hills. And so I like, I love this pocket, which I love, but I love this pocket that we're in because it's, so wooded and so I just look out deep and just woods and woods and woods and I I personally just love that I'm a I'm a tree person forest fairy as they say
1: I know I just love that and I, I'm interested to know you said that and we will obviously go into the astrology yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have to have a chat first obviously just you said it's so transformative and you know my my dreams you yeah. know to have always moved kind of towards like the rural east coast and you yes. and we had a session and um you told me something that has just stuck with me because you've said that my venus runs through that sort of area like tennessee north carolina and i've said to my husband i always see myself in north carolina i've never even been to north carolina and you were like lauren your venus runs through north carolina and your pluto runs through england so Can you just explain what you told me, like what that actually means? Because that was mind blowing for me that, wow, like maybe I've always had this intuition because that's where I'm being guided.
0: Yeah. So uh, you're talking about astrocartography and it's where our certain lines run throughout the world. And sometimes we're drawn or feel called to places that are challenging or have what is can be perceived as a challenging line. For example, if London is your Pluto line, for me, Los Angeles is my Pluto and Uranus line. If anybody were looking at astro cartography, they say you cannot move there. But I actually felt called there during a series of Pluto transits that were ongoing. I said one Pluto transit. I'm after the third Pluto transit completion. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like I'm, I'm done here. But the Venus line is. Where many people feel ideally drawn to because it's pleasure and its enjoyment, enjoyment and its beauty and its femininity and its attraction, and so there's an ease with the Venus line. And yeah, North Carolina is just absolutely beautiful. And in some place we um, definitely considered, in some of our closest friends actually live out near Asheville. Uh, but that whole area is just magical. Is that what you're? That's what we were talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. Like. Black Mountain, Asheville, Swannanova. Yeah. It's just this whole region. I think because of essentially the civil war in America, a lot of it is less developed than the North or even the West. I mean, it's kind of a rudimentary explanation, but it still feels somewhat undiscovered. Mm -hmm. I know Asheville is kind of known and obviously not Nashville is blowing up. Um, but the southeast, the soil feels really rich.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I always said to Daniel. I feel called to the land. And I've said it to so many people, and they're like, what do you mean? I said, I don't really know. <laughs> I just feel called to the land there. And people are like, what about the politics? And I was like, I don't know, I just feel called. I'm not going to get into, in, in, involved with politics, I just feel called to the land. And also that area, like the Appalachian Mountains, all on quartz crystals. So it's like really high vibration.
0: Yeah, I think Arkansas is like one of the highest vibrations in America. Most people don't realize that. And Arkansas is actually, there's a lot of really interesting things happening in Arkansas. But that's how I felt. I came here in 2015 and I went to the Smoky Mountains, which is closer to North Carolina. Actually, Smoky Mountains also run through there. And 2015, then I came to Nashville with my sister and I was, I just said, I think I have to move here at some point. And I met my partner, Daniel, in 2017. I love that we both got Daniels. Totally, <laughs> and absolutely. And when I met him, I had said, I think I either wanna to go to uh, Nashville or Denver. Denver is just, one of my oldest friends lives in Boulder and my parents are in Colorado. My other sister's in Colorado, my sister's probably moving to Colorado. So Colorado's deep in my heart. Um, But yeah, with everything that went down with the pandemic, I was like, now's the time. Let's just go. And I just kind of, this is how I feel when I, for me, this is for me. When I landed in Los Angeles in 2005, I was taken with the magic of it and the kind of the cinematic and I love film and I love storytelling. And there's something so, you know, dreamy about LA or was in 2005. And it was a slower pace then. I lived by the water in Santa Monica. It was a slower pace and it just, upped its pace more and more and more. And, but I will say that Los Angeles never welcomed me in. I felt like I was always kind of, well, maybe I'll try this and maybe I'll try this. And I moved more than once a year, essentially, if you add it up all the times I moved and it just never, I never found an apartment or a home that felt good to me. And I landed here and bought a house within three months. Mm -hmm. So, and then kind of tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. It's like, that's it just, nice. and my Neptune line runs through here. Neptune line is mysticism, spirituality, a softness. There's a like, kind of soft haze. And I feel that here. And so I do think that, I think that we actually know, because when I do ask for cartography, people are like, that's so wild because I've always been drawn here. I've always been, it's so wild how we know.
1: Yeah. Like my... My Venus doesn't run through China or like <laughs> Mongolia or somewhere that I've never felt drawn to, you know, <laughs> and yeah, mm-hmm. it runs through the one place I've always spoken about. And yeah, I just find that so interesting. Um, okay. So let's talk about kind of astrological projections for 2023. Like what do we need to look out for? What are the top things we need to know? Let's start there. Yeah. So I think the
0: big, the massive, massive shifts, uh, Come pretty much in March, because in March, we have two very significant events, one of which is that Saturn makes its way into Pisces so it's been in Aquarius. Since 2020 and then briefly dipped back into Capricorn and then re entered Aquarius. Uh, And so we've been in this. We've been in this Saturn and Aquarius, it's a lot about lessons around groupthink, lessons around technology, lessons around science. What does that mean? Pro- what does progression mean? Big sweeping political uh, events. In fact, because I love history. I went back the other day, I was, uh, and I'm particularly interested, well, I'm interested in all kinds of history, but lately I've been really f- interested in the Bolshevik revolution in 1917. In Russia, and there was a whole lot of Aquarian energy happening around that time, especially Uranus, which is rules Aquarius and is the planet of change making. Was in Aquarius during that period and that's coming off of world or in World War One now coming off of. And so it's interesting because I feel like we're in a there's a kind of similar thread kind of happening from all different angles globally around the working class kind of rising up from all different angles. And Saturn is an Aquarius and then moves into Pisces, which is all about healing. So I kind of see Saturn in Pisces. It'll be there until 2025. It's kind of like a, um, making dreams a reality lessons around faith creating a structure around faith. I also wonder if there's going to be more stuff that comes up around religion, clamping down on religion, people turning to religion, all kinds of conversations about religion, which can also be a Sagittarian theme. But there's something because Pisces is so much about mysticism. I think that there's going to be a lot of kind of conversations about that, but also maybe a clamp down on snake oil. What's seen as snake oil versus Mm. like the real thing.
1: Could That's we see a, a huge shift there? could we see, we
0: see I that? i think we could i think we really could and then we in addition to that pluto which takes 248 years to grow in the zodiac compare that to saturn which takes 28 and a half years and pluto cycles are revolutionary cycles so pluto makes its way into aquarius the last time pluto was in aquarius was the french revolution again that aquarian theme right so i think that we'll have this energy that we've had some lessons around with saturn and aquarius really ramp up and there's all different ways to perceive it because pluto is about death and rebirth so is it the death of the individual is it all kinds of conversations around ai and privacy and you know these big big questions and kind of a global outlook you know versus a more uh, nuanced textured localized perspective so i think The themes that we've been seeing are going to ramp up. That's, you know, that's just not going to sugarcoat it. So I think we're, we're not looking for an easy, there's no easy answers to all that's been kicked up. I would say since over the past four decades, but specifically, you know how things happen slowly and then all at once, like what we've seen over the past few years. And then, you know, on top of that, Jupiter is in Aries until the spring that makes its way into Taurus and Jupiter. And Taurus is is expansion around the material plane. But what's interesting is that Uranus has been in Taurus and Uranus is all that change. And they're actually going to meet up in April of 2024, Jupiter and Uranus. But I think there's going to be more kind of volatility in the markets like what we saw just recently With crypto and what we're seeing with digital currencies and what we're seeing, you know, with inflation, I think it's, I think 2023 is going to be a wild ride astrologically. And I think also we have Venus. So we start the year with Mars still in retrograde until January 12th. And then at the end, well, in midsummer, July 22nd, we have Venus retrograde in Leo until september 3rd and i do wonder you know with uranus and taurus and these kind of changing beauty standards and jupiter moving into taurus and then the venus retrograde all of that is very venusian beauty and i desires what we seem to want and i do wonder if there's going to be a deeper exploration you know we see a rise of all kinds of plastic surgery and alteration to the body to the face especially with the rise of social media and i wonder if there's going to be a conversation around that i don't even say that without judgment it's just certainly been on the rise and i wonder if we're gonna have a conversation about that conversations around beauty standards um how we treat the earth especially with the taurus um, and the different ways that that's approached, right? There's, there's obviously the more technological pursuit. I'm, I'm certainly way more partial to the more regenerative, letting the earth speak, renew itself. You know, philosophy more than Zach Bush, just like you know, you are. But I think that we're going to have a lot of increased reevaluation of values.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, and that just sounds so needed yeah
0: yeah but again everything is neutral until directed i don't take a pollyanna approach to anything i think that uh human nature is very complicated but i think you know those who feel that their priorities are in order those who feel an integrity those who feel connected to themselves at the deepest level are going to have fortitude and sometimes circumstances bring that out often within people. And so people really start to understand, oh, what am I made of? What's my character? How am I built? And I think we've seen a lot of that over the past few years. How do I treat people? Uh, so I think we'll see continued unfolding around that, shall we say.
1: I always think you and I are so similar in so many things. Like, <laughs> And one of those is just kind of, just all this stuff you were talking about, about like just understanding that everything is nuanced, you know? You can never just say, this is it, it's like yep. this. 100%. I definitely used to be like that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, when social media first came out and I was on my rampage like 15 years ago to, you know, educate the world about holistic healing. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I feel like we were kind of the first generation who got thrust into social media without having any training. And I think, although I absolutely, am so scared of my kids being old enough to, you know, access all of that. I also think, they have a bit more like they understand the etiquette of it yeah. a bit more than we did. Yes. Uh, well you were probably more guarded than I was. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely better um than I am at just kind of not giving all of yourself all the time. And that's that's been a learnt behaviour for me. Yeah. I think yeah. that's but, but just this thing of like understanding that there is nuance. Nothing in this universe is black and white. Yeah, I mean it's
0: it's interesting. I've always been I think it's probably the Scorpio. I'm sure. I've always been a bit private. I had to do a lot of work to, to unleash that. But it's funny you bring that up because I had a dear friend. Um, I have a dear friend and we met in our late twenties. We actually did a program together and she is, she's strong Scorpio. And I remember just watching her, like we were in our early thirties and she would just be like, no. I'm not doing it, but it wasn't a way that she, the way I said that sounded harsh, but it was a way of just like, no, this is my priority. And I'm gonna make this my priority and I'm not gonna spread myself that. And she really taught me so much. And I remember even when I was starting out and I was like, oh, I'll just do your reading for you. And she's like, no, I'm paying you for your time. And she taught me so much around boundaries again, which are nuanced because it's a constant negotiation but I really learned from her because I was a person who my uh, boyfriend, the guy who was, well, I don't even know what you call it. Um, when I was younger, he would be like, you're just on the phone all day, like taking care of everybody else. And I think later I was like, oh, I should make a career out of this. Yeah,
1: because Same I'm thing, doing same this. thing I, happened with me. Yeah. I did it for, like, free for so long. Yeah.
0: This is what I'm doing. I'm just, you know, counseling everybody. But yeah, I do think that We were thrust into it into all kinds of ways that we've had to learn and i think that i actually wasn't on i went in my healing process when i did my masters i went off social media for about three or four years and by the time i came back i didn't really ever rejoin facebook i think i joined but not really and i'm off it completely but i was kind of late to Instagram. And, you know, I am definitely aware, I think, like back to those years where I was in this cocoon and not on it. And I'm so grateful I made that choice. And I think we all kind of have a love hate relationship with Instagram, because it's so helpful in terms of getting our work out there and sharing who we are. But then it's this, you know, just black hole,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and so
0: i do think that this you know what we're seeing in 2023 astrologically is going to bring up big questions about it but at the same time it's like social media exposes things like we wouldn't know what's happening in iran would we right right or we wouldn't know the protests that are starting up in a big way in in china right now
1: although that's that's kind of i really got that's really got my back up because we just heard it i don't listen to or watch the news but we were in the car and the radio was on and um they were talking about it and it just kind of pissed me off because when it the English news are reporting it but when we were protesting here they weren't reporting it right yeah yeah so uh because it didn't suit the agenda at the time so that was this kind of annoyed me that they're talking about that happening in China like it makes a difference to us you know
0: well I think it's just the idea you know journalism in these Western nations are, as long is gone, everything has an agenda. So let's keep your eye over there. And on that, although some of that's very important and necessary to know like the genocide that's happening in China, right? But let's keep our eye over there versus on us because we failed. Right, right. We fail and we continue to fail, right? Journalists. And so there's are obviously there are incredible journalists who are doing real work and thank god literally thank god for them but i do think that's another thing that we're going to continue to have conversations about because you know people like to think back to other eras like oh my god how did propaganda spread like how'd that happen and now it's like we've weaponized propaganda propaganda the same way with the invention of the printing press Right in 1492, and then the flyers, and then people can read, and oh my god, this must be truth because I can read it. Same thing, and I just think that the continued reckoning around tech is really coming to a head, and we're seeing that at the big tech companies, but I think we're really going to see it with Pluto and Aquarius, Mm. and you know, the universe is always expanding, right? So that's one that that's true right but at the same time when we think of the natural world contraction is necessary for expansion right if you birth a baby you need to contract in and expand in order to push the baby out right so i kind of see you know i am not a pie in the sky thinker right i tend to be a a pragmatist in some ways. And so I'm not Pollyanna, like I said, about like there being a giant wake up and everybody just like waking up in consciousness. I think it's going to be it's very slow, but I think that the contraction, it's like we have this idea of contraction, recession, all these things are terrible, but they're necessary because we look around at our, at these, you know, multinational corporations and this technology. These companies, it's like, there's such, everything's so bloated. Like the valuations are out of step. And it's like, I just think it's a necessary thing that we come back down to the groundedness of like what's real, what's necessary. I have a very chop wood, carry water approach to enlightenment.
1: Yeah, you do. And this is something I love about you, though. You are one of very few people that I know you don't take a Pollyanna approach but you also you have ways of thinking of things that you'll say something to me and I'll be like I didn't think of it like that like not in tr- not trying to be devil's advocate you just have this way of thinking of things you never put yourself in this is my belief and regardless i'm gonna fight to the death for that you look at every side not in order to try and be devil's advocate you just have this way of and maybe that's the astrologer in you maybe it's the psychologist in you maybe it's maybe it's the just jewish the doubt you, the, the critical jewish thinking
0: <laughs> just this, i think it's a big part of that like the, this the the doubt the critical thinking the um always questioning but i have to say that it's been a real reckoning for me over the past few years because i definitely you know this sounds so silly but i was really informed growing up in so i was a teenager i turned 10 in 1990 and i grew up in the clinton era and i grew up in you know when I was nineteen, The West Wing came out, the show in America that really kind of romanticized, great, right? Romanticized yeah. uh, Washington, and and I had certainly a oh, people go into now they didn't always, but people go into government for all the right reasons, and people in power are there, and I don't, it's that was so out of step if I think about it with the rest of my thinking, but that show and Aaron Sorkin and his stunning writing, like. It's like, people say it's Shakespearean, but it actually wasn't Shakespearean because Shakespeare is tragic. So much of all comic, but also tragic. And I really think that I had a real reckoning around all of these, and I know I'm not alone in this, but all of these institutions that I had held as sacred, Mm. the New York Times, Ivy League institutions, Mm. the halls of you know, the corridors of Congress and you know I was very romanticized about it all very like um, look at this great idea and this great American experiment and look at it. And I do think the late 90s early 2000s were peak Western civilization in a lot of ways, I do, and so I came up in that but it's been a real reckoning and really incredibly disorienting and I don't think i'm alone and i think that has a lot to do starting with 2016 and the saturn neptune square excuse me that we had which was that whole fake news what's real saturn is reality reality physical world reality things we that are tactile and neptune is mysticism but it's also the veil So what's real? What's and so I think the fallout really since 2016. And I don't think I'm alone in this. I think there's a lot of people who are questioning. And I think a lot of people, at least here in America, I I really believe that most people are somewhere in the middle. Mm. And just want to be able to eat healthy food, drink clean water, be able to go to a park with their kids, have their kids at a school. That they know they're being educated at. Like, I think most people are grounded somewhere. And I think between the bots and the, like, the algorithm and the rage, we're really, we're, it's like exposing the worst of us. But I do, I do think that there is, with this astrology, some real big questions that are going to continue to unfold.
1: If you haven't yet heard, I have just released a free, yes, free journaling course. If you've always wanted to try journaling but just don't know where to start, or you've been hearing how powerful journaling can be but you just don't understand why, or you wanna create a daily practice that enhances your life, but you just need a little support in doing that without it costing you anything, this course will do all that for you. It is packed with content that will show you just why journaling is important, how to do it, where to start, and how to make it work for you. It is completely free and that is as a way for me to pay it forward because journaling really is one of the most integral parts of my growth practice and I want to give that to you. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to get the course sent directly to your inbox. And you mentioned plastic surgery and that's interesting because um, I see that already. So I recently had an explant, Um, I don't know if I told you, yeah. Yeah. and I am hearing of lots of other women who have done it as well. Now, I, I only had them in the first place for medical uh, reasons, because I was on chemo that messed up my yeah. my breasts when I was still developing. Um, not that I've ever had any judgment around anyone that did it for cosmetic reasons, but now my view on it, my, I'm always health first, like well-being first, right? It's it, even like when I have the conversation with, you know, friends or family that are also Jewish and they, they're asking about the way kind of my husband and I, like my family, do Judaism or do. Yes. It's always health first, right? Yeah. Like I'm not going to. Yep. Me personally, because I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm going to go for the healthiest option. Yes. So it's always health first. So now that I'm seeing it from this health perspective, it's not a judgment, but it's, hey, it's another thing of informed choice. It's another thing about informed consent that people just don't know. And I'm actually doing an episode on this um, in the new year with my friend Rain, who I've done a few episodes with and it, she cuz she also recently went through an explant and she's really been researching it and there's this whole community of women suffering horrific health problems because of their breast implants and it's only now because we're having the conversation about the fact that these things might be toxic and might be leaching toxins into your system that all these women who are suffering these health conditions and thinking oh i just have an autoimmune disease and as i've always said autoimmune diseases don't just fall out of the sky everything has Like when I was diagnosed at the age of two, it was called juvenile idiopathic arthritis and idiopathic means no defined cause. And I always say everything, everything has a defined cause, maybe not defined, always slightly nuanced, but there is a cause. Right. So I think that it's interesting what you're saying. I think these conversations are starting to happen already. I'm even seeing this shift that I've seen on Instagram apparently the Kardashians now don't want their big curves. Apparently they're trying to be smaller. So (laughs) there's all these, but but
0: also are injecting themselves with drugs to do that. That's not a natural, Mm -hmm. you know, slow release. Right. And um, I think that, you know, I've never gotten filler or Botox or anything, mostly because I was raised by parents who were quite, um, my mom i never actually saw my mom wear makeup and i was just raised to be very natural in that way my mom always had her hair done always had her nails done always looked actually quite put together but just no no makeup and i just wasn't raised you know seeing that but i do play around with makeup but i've never gotten botox or filler but the number of reason i've i've never done it is because i'm like what's in that
1: yeah same same like, like we just, don't know yet
0: yeah and i also love I see these older women who are aging naturally and I just think they are luminescent. And so that's my personal goal, but I just, we don't know. I mean, I've always been like that. Like what, what's in this? Like what, you know, when I was a little girl and I would eat gummies, my mom would say like, what my mom was not health conscious in like the classic way, but she's like, what is that? Mm. That's not food.
1: Common sense, right? Like common sense, putting something in your body that you don't really know what it is. And I think all these things, it, it's like when I talk to other women who are mothers who are thinking about, you know, decisions to make with their children. And I always love mothers who are like, I'm not that they're, they're not necessarily in the world that I'm in of like people will call me quite extreme in the way that I parent and the way I live my life, you know, when it comes to health. They're not like that, but they're just like, oh, it just, I don't know why I breastfed it. just makes sense. Like she's not reading it from a book. She's not having, she doesn't have a manual. No one told her, Hey, read this book. And then you'll know how to be a parent. She's just like, Oh, I got boobs and they produce milk. So that must be (laughs) like a good thing for my baby. Um, And also like, if I don't have to have a cesarean, like maybe my my body just know like my mom always says this. My mom never even had so I'm the type of person that's like, right, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare for birth and I'm going to do the hypno and I'm going to do the, this and great like it was great for me. But my mom is the opposite of me and she's like, oh, I didn't even think that birth would be hard, so I just went and I did it and it was fine. I didn't have any like that's my mom right? Yes, because yeah. it was made <laughs> made sense to her. Like I'm having a yes. baby and apparently women have done this forever and. So it should be as opposed to like the panic and the fear. And, you know, so I never had that from my mom of like all that fear about childbirth. And I'm so grateful for that.
0: Well, that's really interesting because that, that ties back into what I'm talking about, Taurus also and like- My mom's a Taurus. Listening to the body. Is she? Listening <laughs> yeah. to the body, just like paying attention to the body. It's like, what it what is my body trying to communicate to me? It's like, we're so up here in our heads. And it's like- even the whole—I have a naturally pretty curvy body. I've been um, smaller at different points after my accident. I ballooned because of the trauma to my body um, after my my car accident, my near death experience. But now it's it's finding its way back. Um, but I've never been like a hard driving. Other, I was anorexic when I was fourteen and recovered from that. But I, since then, since recovering, I've just kind of been like. This is my body. Like, I want to feed it nourishing foods. I know other people can't have dairy. I like A2 Jersey milk dairy. I'm very clean about it. Like, I just, I was taught by this woman, Nina Plank. I met her. She was um, older than me, and I met her. She ran the farmer's markets in New York City, and she grew up on a farm, and Whole Foods, Whole Fo- like, not Whole Foods the store, like, genuine Whole Foods, like, this is how meat should be raised. This is how it should be killed. This is like whole butter. It's real. It's like full of vitamins. And I've just, I think also I studied abroad in Florence, Italy in college. And so it was around all that same time. And anytime I veered from that and I did like the LA kale, constant juicing, I didn't do well. I didn't have energy. I didn't have, my body didn't respond well. And so it's like, Oh well why don 't I just pay attention to how we 've been eating for millennia and what my ancestral body wants, and i 'm supposed to have hips that 's my body
1: right yeah and
0: like it's not it's I, I really have come to a real grounding around that, and I really enjoy being here in Tennessee because I feel like well, there was a lot of regenerative farms everywhere, which was important to me, but I just don't feel like the conversation is about weight. Whereas like in LA and New York, I feel like it was constant. And I, I don't think I've had one conversation about weight here. Oh, it's blissful. <laughs> right, truly. Yeah. It's like, just go out, enjoy yeah. your life, you know, and you live you and I live me. and But I think that I really try and listen to my body. Like if I wake up and I'm like, you know what? I actually just want some sourdough toast and some butter. I have that. If I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm really craving uh, eggs. I have that. If I'm craving porridge, I have that. Like I really, I try to listen to see like what nutrients is my body craving right now?
1: Right. Interoception. It's something we've lost that, that knowing that in a knowing of our body, like knowing days before you're going to get sick, you know, of that, and that you know what, was, what you were saying about social media kind of being that that um you know we either love it or hate it. One thing I have absolutely gained from social media is community around those things. So the body positive movement, you know, like you can immerse yourself. And back in the day, I did. I followed like the Victoria's Secret models and the this and the that, and then I completely re-curated my feed and what I was seeing. And I think you can be immersed in that world and and friends that I have who do suffer with body image challenges I'm like no you need to be on Instagram and follow these people because actually when you're immersed in that world and that's what you're seeing that actually shifts it shifts your mindset because you're like she's doing this it looks great she's happy with herself whereas when you're just in the real world IRL (laughs) and you're just kind of in that world of like everyone kind of is watching their weight and talking to you about it it, that matters to you more. So I do think you can totally curate what you want to see that actually does change your mindset. Uh, because if you're constantly fed images, like
0: like I'm, you know, I think Kate Winslet is so beautiful as an example, right? And she has this like beautiful, and it's like, I was watching, she was, did this incredible show called Mare of Town, And there was a scene where she was like half naked. And I was like, if you just see this more, mm-hmm. Like you see it as beautiful. It's like paintings from other eras where there was more curves, but I like the whole spectrum of it. I think it's all beautiful, but when you're only shown one thing and then you get dressed and you're like, well, I don't look like this.
1: Right, right. And you know what I saw today? As you know, I went, I took the kids to see Frozen in the West End and I was expecting because my brain's been conditioned like that because I grew up in the 90s, which was, I think, the most dangerous time for young women. Yes, Um, heroin chic. Oh my God. Uh, I was
0: anorexic yeah Yeah, I get it
1: it's intense yeah same it was it was horrific for me and um and I truly think I'm still healing from that like genuinely um but so there was Elsa who was you know white and blonde and and slim but the ana came out and she was a curvy black woman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was like oh they've done this like you know and my kids don't They're like, they didn't ask me anything like that. They see more diversity than I ever did, right? So I was like, this is so cool. They're not making, Anna didn't need to be the same size clothes as Elsa. And she's still doing all the dances and being lifted by the men and the rest of it. And I I just, I was so like, my heart was warmed by that today.
0: It's part of the real beauty of, you know, the conversation. And I think it's like knowing your body. I just come back to nourishment. And when one is constantly trying to drop weight, the mentality around that is rarely around nourishing. Right. It's around denial. Mm-hmm. And I just, maybe it's all the earth in my chart. I, I, I need to be able to like have a pasta if yeah. I'm in Italy, or like <laughs> it I'm in a great totally. Italian restaurant. You know, I just, I need to be able to feel like there's pleasure and there's enjoyment. And because I, I live that way, you know, I don't. I'm not like, oh my god, I have to scramble and ha-. and I know all, pe- there's all kinds of disordered eating for all kinds of ways. And my thing was definitely more control. But I just think when we listen to our body. But I was I was with a group of girls and um, a group of women, I should say, and we were all getting lattes. And the the waitress brought the lattes, and it was like oat milk latte, almond milk latte, and she brought mine, and it was just a latte and one of the women was like oh no she didn't order that and i was like yes i did <laughs> yeah that assumption <laughs> you wouldn't dare
1: consider cows milk. Dairy. <laughs> <laughs> yes i did yeah
0: um it's just funny how the default like oh that's not but you know a little bit of dairy for me i'm not lactose intolerant i can stomach it but also
1: do well with it right yeah like you say the ancestral thing i talk about that a lot i talk about the answer you know I feel like our bodies have all evolved. We've gone such on a tangent, but anyway, our bodies have evolved to like require what our ancestors had, because that that is how we evolved. That's evolution. So like, I see my Indian friends totally thriving on a vegetarian or vegan diet. Right. That didn't work for me. You know, I wanted it to because that, you know, fit the brand. And, you know, it made me feel good, like ethically, but actually now I've learned more about it. And I've been able to really go into that kind of world of sustainable, um meat eating um where i believe like if everyone who ate meat did that and ate meat from like local organic farms that regenerate their soil and everything twice a week or whatever you know then like the world would be a different place but anyway here we are we're in the so-
0: same we're in the same but i think these kind of conversations and i think
1: there'll be continued kind of
0: shakeups of the status quo and it's going to come from all different angles. And I think the other thing that uh, feels very much on trend with Pluto in Aquarius is sound extreme. I do, we've had this kind of death of celebrity that's happening, right? It's like because someone will be put on a pedestal and then that person is exposed and then drop down which has been happening since the beginning of time whole Aquarius, which is like the collective and also like all these niche celebrities like that you know i'm old but like there's no like no no i don't know but i mean like i don't know like there's like TikTok stars that have like millions of followers right I okay yeah. they're like 18 or 15 or whatever but there's this and this is happening with social media right and, and Theoretically, what was democratized media, but now that's not no longer the case with censorship, et cetera, but in algorithms. But it seems to me like who we put up on a pedestal and everybody having their niche person. Whereas, like I think at the eighties, it was like Tom Cruise and you know Julia Roberts, and we don't see that level of star power.
1: Anymore. Yeah, so true. Yeah
0: uh and maybe because
1: there's just so many of them now
0: that's exactly it it's like and so many different niche right like I always think when I was in LA I was like I feel like I'm passing people all the time that I have no idea who they are but like my niece might know who they are or you know I think that there's just there's so much content out there coming from so many different angles so that that breakdown has all kinds of effects and some of that is probably quite good and quite healthy, because there's not a singular ideal, you know, but the flip side of that is that, you know, everyone saw ET. Mm-hmm. And so there is a kind of shared collective experience. And also, I think there was, at least in the 80s, there was, it felt like there was in 90s that film and media studied a lot. And I, especially through the lens of astrology, it feels like there were these kind of moral lessons, these ideas, like you should have character, you should have dignity, you should do the right thing. And the rise of the anti-hero and the breakdown of that has led also to this kind of extreme pessimism. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, there's a part of me that would love with Saturn moving into Pisces of maybe bringing back a bit more faith a bit more of content that feels heart centered
1: mm. and
0: soul centered.
1: Yeah, totally. I'm as interested- opposed to like
0: destructive and dystopian, <laughs> you know?
1: Uh, yeah, which is exactly how it's feel, felt for the last few years. I'm interested to know how this reflects, um, how it affects manifestation. So, this has been something I've always wondered. If something is happening astrologically, like mm-hmm. all these shifts you're talking about, changes in the financial market, for example, that can be affected astrologically, are we still able if we're kind of, we've got this, I, I believe there is a formula to manifestation. And if you've kind of got the facets of it down to mm-hmm. manifest, would anything, shifts like astrological shifts change that? Or can you stay in your power with manifestation and still pull those manifestations in
0: well that's a great question um and I don't know that I have an easy answer for that I I do think that it's complicated because I think that one can manifest but I also think value and so when value shifts, collective, what one What the collective desires shifts so that deals with trends and trends in the collective, then can speak to financial let's say success or abundance right if a resource is scarce if you're talking about the market, but if you're just talking about the core ability to manifest. I believe there is a formula up until the soul has a lesson it needs to learn Mm. and the soul needing to learn a lesson will always override anything that the conscious mind thinks that it desires
1: Mm. and so so so
0: it's a layered thing so i think about this a lot in terms of like horrific moments in history like why You know, you take uh, genocide. Why was one family able to escape during the Holocaust and another one, was it? Was it because in their mind, they felt that they they manifested escaping? No, I don't think so. I think there is a soul thing and a soul contract that's a cosmic thing way beyond our mortal understanding. So it kind of goes back to that, I think the tricky thing about manifestation, you know, that like why do good why do bad things happen to good people? It's like so, but when you're talking about synchronicity and magic, and I think when you're living like that, I do believe in that formula, but I do believe that the soul, and it does I don't mean bad things happen, like the soul need, but the soul may need to make more than one anticipated in order to learn a certain lesson. The soul may need to make less in order to learn a certain lesson because the story is long and often manifestation, the impulse comes from ego and desire. And the real key is to get underneath to have one's desires in alignment with the soul path.
1: Mm. Just that whole blurb. (laughs) <laughs> just going to cut that out and then, like, put that everywhere but do, do you see yeah. do you connect with that what i'm saying because i think like that there's... more than you can even know mm-hmm. like especially from my own journey you know i've had a lot of you know pain physical pain in my life and that's been my theme even when i've kind of gone into remission from the arthritis and then other things have cropped up this recent jaw thing and like it's always been a theme of physical pain done a lot of ancestral healing a lot of past life healing so trying to like i think there's also this element of breaking patterns, breaking what 100% and past yeah. life patterns and all of that. And then up until a certain point, again, then the soul needs still needs to learn. And and for me, my most recent lesson has been in surrender. I'm going through the, the journey work at the moment, you know, the Brandon Bates yes. journey. Um, and that's been just a beautiful, another layer of kind of you know moving more deeply into the spiritual work you know like working with my shaman and having kind of that side of really deep kind of dream time work and then doing this journey work and it's been about surrender like yeah you I mean it goes so deep right but just the surrender of knowing that that some things are out of our control because they have to happen And yet I do still firmly believe. And like you say, like, again, this is why, like, I love our conversations. Everything's so nuanced. I believe we can manifest. I do. I believe there's a formula to manifestation. I believe that um, I've manifested so much in my life that at one point I just would, if I looked back, if I was me there at 17, looking at me now at 38, I would have been like, what? Shut up. Like, you know. 100%.
0: And there's probably a lot of surprises along the way.
1: So many surprises, like, you know, and still there has been pain and there's been, uh, you know, other crap, but I, every time I come out of it, you know, you feel, you just have that intuitive understanding that I needed that lesson. When you're in it, it, you don't want it anymore, but.
0: (laughs) But you need it. And that's the learning about the contraction that I'm, that I was talking about earlier. And so I think, yeah, it's a complicated layered thing and I think that often when we're like, "I need this thing, I need this thing, I need this thing." Right. Why? Mm. Why? And it's the work underneath of why. Um, mm. And I think it's also like I, for so many years went home in Los Angeles, never happened, and like I said, finally got out of my own way and like listened to my soul's call and was able to buy a house within three months in Tennessee that feels beautiful and like home and so well one argument could be that I was in my own way of my own manifestation because I was it I wanted it there right instead of and
1: and your higher self knew it wasn't meant to be there so it wasn't allowing you to manifest that home yeah yeah totally and that makes so much sense
0: Thinking in, and so the surrendered perspective, which is really the only way my life has ever flowed. Like, I, I know other people, they've got a ton of fire in their chart or whatever, and they're like, they go for it and they go for it and they promote and they, hustle. like, that is not my style. I need to invite in. I've, it's never, I tried it, I just tried it again, and I'm like, it doesn't work for me. No. That's and not.
1: Is that part of yeah. your astrological sign as well do you i think? think
0: so i think so because i have a lot of feminine energy in my chart which
1: is about like
0: receiving and it just i know because when i'm doing that when i'm trying to sell something it feels rather than inviting someone into an experience with me it feels different in my body it feels out of alignment that's not out of alignment for another person, but for me, it's out of alignment Mm. and that's a listening to the body.
1: Mm.
0: Right. And so that is when I'm working with people, I'm really saying like, what, what feels like, what lights you up? And it, what lights me up is an actually like a more simple word of mouth approach Mm. for me. Yeah. Right. No, I
1: agree. And yeah.
0: so I just had to listen to that. And so but it's all that's the other thing. I said this recently, and I really believe it. I think that this idea that like, you know, you can get your chart read or your human design chart read or, you know, any any kind of. Uh, predictive tool or psychological tools for understanding or it's Myers-Briggs or so. And then, you know, that in the world just lays out like a red carpet. It just doesn't work like that because we discover who we are through experience. We discover those nuanced pieces of ourselves that are evident in all the charts, but we only really discover them by living, by falling down, getting back up, making mistakes. You know, David White in one of his talks, beautiful thing, this poet, and he says, you know, part of life is thinking you're doing the right thing and actually doing the wrong thing and thinking you're doing the wrong thing and actually doing the right thing and rubbing up against life. I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, we discover who we are through the experiences. Mm -hmm. The knowledge is a great tool, but the real guidance comes in paying attention. What happens when I'm in this situation? How do I behave? What's my default? What's the actual application of it? And I just think so much of astrology and the memes are funny, but it's just become this like, oh, I'm this, therefore I'm done. No, no, you're, you're not cooked.
1: Right. And it's also comes down to, for me, like, the the neuroplasticity aspect has always been a big thing for me because I am a big fan of human design and Myers Briggs and all these things. And actually, some of them have helped me to go, yes. oh, okay, I get that that's me. Great. Yep. But and again, like the nuance, right? yeah But or also, and because you know, instead of the but, we can change that, right? Because we're not hardwired. Our brains are not hardwired. There is software, we download you know, information and conditioning from around us. And And we can change that. Right. And then we get to change that based on these experiences that you're talking about. And we, I'm a different person, even in my intrinsic character to who I was 20 years ago. Like I was naturally, when when people who know me now who have been my friend in the last 10 years or five years or whatever. And I say about how angry I used to be. And they're like, no like you're not an angry person I was like no you don't even know like first thing my mom did when you know I I grew up with an illness I should have been in in therapy way before 18 but at 18 when I was going through like my hardest time all that shit kind of blew up and I'd been on the chemo I came off it. I was disabled my mom was like you need anger management now she you know she should have said you need to go to a psychologist but whatever that was her understanding she didn't know she's from that generation of you know just talk to your friends and you'll be all right but, um, like I was literally in anger management and that was the first yeah. thing people thought I needed because I was so angry and yet people who know me now would be like you're not an angry person I have literally trained myself out of that so yes my Myers-Briggs might say something or my human design or my astrology or whatever but equally like I do have the ability to continue improving myself and becoming angry. that's it that's the key
0: um, because when we give that up we we give away our own power and we also you know, the work never ends. And the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is the inner peace. Mm-hmm. Everything else is the gravy, right? It's like when we shift into a way of being that feels more in alignment, that's when, I mean, that's where the manifestation stuff, I think really works that, that piece
1: of it it's in is largely do with getting out of our own way, mm-hmm. and also not trying to manifest. Like, oh, I'm gonna because that puts the resistance in it. What we resist, persists. It doesn't work. Exactly, that's that trust piece, the
0: surrendered perspective.
1: My last question for you is: I heard something, and I've been meaning to ask you this, and I'm glad I can ask you on the podcast. I heard from someone that just said to me that our star signs are actually not accurate anymore because the planets have moved oh, yeah. since they this were... comes up.
0: this is like a cycling thing that, like, right. comes up okay. all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's an ancient art since ancient Babylonia. It's right. You know what I mean? It's as right, like, archetypal... Archetypally, it's right. Um, it's just that there's this other, I think it's called like Oculus or something like, but I don't know. I think the cosmic download is so much deeper around it all. So yes, I believe your star sign is what it was.
1: Because someone said to me, no, so you're not Pisces, you're an Aries. I was like, I am Pisces. <laughs> yeah. like through and through.
0: <laughs> You are so Pisces. Yeah. I think that it comes up a lot because Na- NASA found something and yeah i don't have like an i don't have a scientific proof response to it other than i think it's a cosmic download that's much deeper than you know the scientific
1: right okay i'm so happy to (laughs) have got your perspective on that OK, so just going to go into all about you, uh, my rapid fire round, because, you know, I love it and it's fun. OK, which zodiac sign is your favorite?
0: Oh, I don't have a favorite. It's like saying you have a favorite <laughs> child.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just thought maybe you'd say, like, I really resonate with people who are such and such sign.
0: Well, I will say that. Um, Pisces, obviously. I do love Pisces, <laughs> but I would say that. I most of my closest friends just happen to have be either a Scorpio or have very strong corp- Scorpio in their chart. Right. I just that that's been f- forever in my life. Yeah. But not my favorite, just that happens to be.
1: Okay. Can you just inspire us all by telling you, telling us what has changed about you or what you've learned about yourself that only came with moving to the country? Um,
0: How much I desire stillness. I just went back to New York city where I was raised for a week and was running around, you know, and walking eight miles a day, pounding, literally pounding the pavement as they say. Right. And I love theater. I love museums. I did all of that, but I just really am a different phase of my life where I find so much peace in the stillness mm-hmm. and being able to watch the birds and put my feet in the soft earth. And I am not inspired personally by cities at the in quite the way that I used to be. I mean, I'm, I'm planning to go to, Europe, um, to Paris in May as a sister's trip. And I haven't been since I was 14, actually, for all the travel I've done.
1: Please tell me but you're going to come to London.
0: I actually might come to London because one of, literally one of my oldest friends who has four sons lives in London. And I actually told her that I think I'm going to come so I can, I haven't seen her or the boys. So I actually think I am going to pop over to London. I'll keep you posted on that. But, and I want to go to the English countryside. But I really, I really am craving. And that is a, That is a market shift. Like when I would travel, I only wanted I wanted to go to every city imaginable, but slow. And then all at once really, really, really just want to be immersed in nature. I'm doing a retreat in Costa Rica. It's like all about the senses and just, yeah, I, it's changed me. It's changed my values, my desires. I also feel like simplicity. I feel like I really cook most meals at home. I should say Daniel cooks. He's really, really very talented. Uh, we go out maybe we do go out maybe once a week for dinner. And that's really nice. We go into town, but I really, it's more for the atmosphere and feeling like we're connected to the community, but I really love the simplicity of country living slow mornings. Yeah. It's really changed me. And it's, it's really changed my nervous system.
1: Mm, i can imagine
0: yeah like in a in a way that i i couldn't have even foresaw yeah. not rapid fire but there's my response
1: <laughs> that's fine i'm aware that you and i together are never going to do anything yeah. rapidly. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> good. we've got time i'm um, yeah, I I just feel just with every passing year, the same, I'm I'm being called to that stillness, to that, even within my work, like, you know, having had that kind of, I think coming from growing up sick, wanting to always strive to be normal and to be better, had, having that ambition, and now just like this past year, especially, really lacking, not in a bad way, but like, yeah lacking sounds like a bad word, but lacking that level of ambition, yeah. I'm just like I want to be with my family. I want to like, yeah, move to the country, mm. hopefully in America, <laughs> uh, on your ranch, <laughs> on the next ranch, the next <laughs> yeah. one, the next yeah. door ranch. Um, you know, and just yeah, just slow, slow the hell down. You know, I totally do. Okay, next one. Last time we did an episode together. I asked you about a book that changed your life. And obviously you said the same book as mine, which is a little life, which we both love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it's coming to theater. It's coming to the West end. Shut up. They, she shut just up. announced it no. in 2023.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll pop over and see it if it's there. Oh, I, have I don't to see that get together. when it opens, but yeah.
1: And you know, I just saw Aaron Sorkin's To Kill a Mockingbird here as well. A few weeks ago.
0: I saw that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's a great. beautiful. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so I just wonder, have you read anything in the last year that's really inspired you?
0: Oh, yeah, I read. A, um, I read the best books that I've read so far this year have been Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin.
1: How do I not know about this? Great novel.
0: And Lessons by Ian McEwan. Mm, OK. I just read those Almost back to back, and I'm. St- I just started "Demon Copperhead" by Barbara Kingslover, which I'm loving. I just haven't had a chance to to dive really in, but um, yeah, I love "Tomorrow" and "Tomorrow" and "Tomorrow." A Little Life was literally life changing. This book isn't, li- but it's it's so fantastic and wonderful, and I loved it so much. But the, I would say. Oh no, I read it before. I think our last podcast, but another truly life-changing book by Colin McCann.
1: Which one? I think it cut out the Paragon. A Paragon, mm-hmm.
0: which is uh, it's a it's shape with infinite sides, and it's about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And it's told in ellipses, so I think a thousand and one ellipses, like these small vignettes. And he, it's just there. It's it should have won the Nobel Prize. I mean, it's such a brilliant can't even really be called a novel, but it's based on these two men who both lost their children to the conflict and one from one side and one from the other side and how they've, they've come together as friends and actually started, I'm going to get emotional um, work on peace building, but this, it's an extraordinary work, extraordinary work. And it just shows the infinite sides to it. It's, it is a, I can't believe it didn't get more attention. It is an astounding work by an Irishman, an incredible Irish novelist. Yeah. It's a, it's, it is a life-changing book, I think.
1: I'm definitely going to have to read that. As you know, Israel is uh, (laughs) my homeland and complicated and difficult and challenging. Um, Okay. Last one what's your I mean I think you've kind of told us this just through what you're experiencing now but what's your favorite way to treat yourself because you know just to give women this I guess the permission to slow down and 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 have that level of self-care what's your favorite way to do that
0: I love my baths
1: yeah
0: (laughs) I love my baths Mm. um and other than that slow mornings on my porch with my pups and uh yeah it's a it's a beautiful life here and being 42 and you know my life did not go the way i had anticipated a lot of twists and turns and it's far from over knock on wood but uh i'm really grateful for this chapter because it just felt really really telling for a really long time and I, I just, the gratitude I feel is, is real and deep. And a lot of that has just come with layers and layers of letting go of what I thought my life should look like, of, um, where I thought I should be, who I thought I should be and just being and genuinely grateful for the journey. It didn't happen overnight. And, uh, you yeah. know, grateful to be above ground yeah honestly yeah. you know it's just especially because of my near-death ne- near experience I just
1: I think that's small been the, moments the yeah totally um I think that's been the theme for this episode the letting go right surrender it's, thank it's you it's it Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I will put all your details in the show notes as always. But it's uh, daniellebeinstein.com, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you're on Instagram. Yeah. And um yeah, go and check her out. She does amazing, amazing astrology <laughs> sessions. And um, yeah, I'm so excited for everyone to kind of hear this to prepare for the new year. So thank you, my love. Oh my god, thank you for
0: so much for having me and I'm sorry we had to postpone it because of the flu, but I actually think divine timing meant to be. Always,
1: yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconditioned. I am honestly so grateful to each and every person that tunes in. Thank you also for taking responsibility for your own well-being. You should know that just by choosing to listen to podcasts like this that further your well-being, you're moving more deeply into abundance consciousness. Now, don't forget, I have a bunch of free resources over at laurenvacneen.co.uk as well as every recommendation you could ever need in regards to your well-being on the LV Recommends page, all categorized for your ease. Thank you also to our sponsors; these episodes would not be possible without them. So make sure to check them out and get some pretty awesome discounts on the show notes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get updated each time a new one is released. Thank you. I appreciate. Appreciate you. Reconditioned is proud to be working with Women for Women International, a charity that supports women survivors of war in eight war-torn countries around the world. You can help a woman survivor of war transform her life today by visiting womenforwomen.org.uk forward slash donate.